Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this show is really, it was originally on the road to enlightenment, but then Lisa and I moved our show from tomorrow to today. But now Lisa's missing in action, so whatever you would like to call this show is fine with me for this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have Jody Doty with me this morning, and we are... Um, you know, who knows what's going to come up. We started talking about change last week, and we started talking about um, how your sensuality and your sexuality re- relates to your spirituality. Um, that's kind of what we were going to continue our conversation, Lisa and I, with this week. I think change is a really good topic, though, because so many people are going through changes right now. What do you think? I think that sounds great. Yep, I'm feeling the change, feeling a shift. So, yep, I think uh, I think that's a fabulous topic. Um, I, I know lately I've heard from a lot of people who are asking me, "What's with this energy? It's it's weird. I don't like it." And then you hear other people going, "This is fantastic. This is bringing about all this change." So I, I think it really goes into how people are perceiving change. So. Um, <laughs> You know, sometimes change is scary. Let's face it, it's scary sometimes. So, right. Um, we think how how can we help people look at change differently? What what um, what do you think that's about? Because you know, sometimes we get really stubborn and like, no, 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 not doing it, not doing it. And then later on, we're going, oh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> exactly. I just had that had that yesterday with a a, a client that I saw, and she, and she's. Even even now, she's in a, a relationship, and she said, "You know, I've known I, known I needed to change. To I needed to move on. I needed to to make a change in this relationship for the last two years." And I'm like, "And <laughs> and it's just fear, you know." She said, it, it, "A lot of times it comes down to fear because it, we'd almost right. rather." We'd rather stay in the, even though it's awful. We'd rather stay in the known. And I, and I did. I, you know, I looked at it for, her and I said, you know, if you don't make this change, I see you in five years in exactly the same spot. Go, and then right. you're really upset that you, that you, uh, you didn't make it. But it's holding up so many other things that are coming in for you. And I think right. I think sometimes we look way too far ahead, and that scares us because the future scares the body. Um, but um, it's so much of the time it's just it's just fear or indecision. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, sometimes you just have to take that risk and go. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to go for it. And then it just falls into place so many so much of the time for people. Right, and I think. There's a lot of, I know when I was doing a lot of business coaching, there was a lot of um, people teaching that if you wanted to make a change, you had to make a big change. You know, you had to quit your job and and throw caution to the wind and totally commit to your business and, and go for it. And what I found in doing business coaching is, okay, you would get people who would make that step, but then they lost their support. You know, right. and they were struggling to eat, and and a lot of the, a lot of the um, stress really is what it is from worrying about bills and worrying and and you know about what's happening, 
that kind of stopped them in the tracks. So I would kind of back them up a step and say, okay, here's the deal. You're making a huge change. That's wonderful. But Mm -hmm. you can't call your light bill, you know, your your electric company and say, hey, I'm making a change. I'm not going to be paying my bill. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. So so I I think there's got to be, you have to have a plan, you know, when you're making big changes. You you kind of have to have a plan. You can't just, you know, go for it and starve to death. It has to be thought through. And then right. absolutely make that change. You know, my my uh, friends will tell you my motto in life is jump and the net will appear. Exactly. Because that's kind of the I've always been. But I'm also conscious of, hey, I need a place to live. I need to feed my kid, and I probably should do something myself. You know, you have to, right. you have to take care of yourself while you're making these big changes. And, but, uh, you know, even a small, t- you know, all change is, is uh, you know, even a small change helps you because then that gives you the confidence to do the next one. You did that right, with some people right. that, that are really looking at total a total shift of their career. It's like try it part-time. Try and do it for a little while and right. just see how you feel. Or volunteer in that area and see... See if you even like the feel of that. If it's if it's something you even because I think a lot of times we hold on to the to the to the dream and we you know and then um, but we don't do the kind of the homework of of actually letting ourselves experience it a little bit if we can um, through volunteer or through just imagination or or you know um, or getting the tools that we need so that we can actually be successful when we do it and that's those are just really good steps to take. Yeah, you mentioned, um, you know, using your imagination. There's a visualization exercise always used in in coaching people through changes. You know, really put yourself in that situation. I had a a young girl who was thinking, you know, she wanted to be a a psychologist and and she was lining up college and and, um, she was, you know, she had it all planned out. And I'm like, well, how how is that going to feel? Because I knew this kid's personality was not conducive <laughs> to some of that. <laughs> so, hey, we have Lisa. Hang on just a second. Yay. Good morning, Sunshine. Are you going to join our conversation? I am so sorry. I am late. My son had um, – he was having some not feeling good this morning issues, so I needed to tend to that real quick. Good morning. No problem. Good morning. Hi. Um, Yeah, we've got Jody and I are just talking about um, change. So, yeah. But uh, the story I was telling is a girl in in my area who wanted to be a psychologist, and we're talking about using your visualization techniques to to see if you're really interested in what you think you're interested in because we all dream Mm -hmm. big and we all have these things we think we're going to do. But if you really put yourself in that situation, you know, if you really picture yourself going through all of the work that it's going to take to get there and then visualize yourself sitting at your desk, what does your desk look like? What does your office look like? You know, what kind of clients are you going to have? Then you really do get a feel for whether it resonates with your soul or not. You also right. kind of get a little bit of confidence that, yes, this is, uh, this is something I'm capable of doing. Or you run screaming in the other direction and saying, "No, I will be a greeter at Walmart." Thank you. <laughs> so, 
true. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> but um so what what else blocks people from making changes? I know fear is a huge one, and we talked about the stress of not having the money. You think sometimes people just kind of get comfortable when they're in their uncomfortableness? Yeah, I think there's some definitely um, you, you kind of get in a rut, and you don't realize that you can change. You just kind of you you accept it. You become submissive to your lifestyle. You just kind of accept it and, and and lose hope that there really is something out there better than what you're in at the moment. Jody, she mentioned lose hope. Do you see that? I know you do a lot of soul reading stuff. Do you see when people just kind of give up and become the total victim and lose hope? Um, yeah, I do see that. Um and I also I also often see that we create from through the beliefs of you know our parents or other people and a lot of people a lot of times people are holding on to the belief that it's hard to change or that you know you uh, you can't change or and it's through someone else and they just kind of buy into that that I, I'm not capable. Of course, as spirit, you're already doing the change. <laughs> you're already in the process. And I always tell people that you know in spirit. Your spirit is already doing it's very excited about it. It's just your body that has this block or or needs to work through a few things. Some for, what I always notice and and hope, yeah, hope is a huge thing, but often I notice that especially like say for to change a job or you know that type of thing, people don't don't release the last one in their you know spiritually release is how I I look at it but sometimes we still hold on to you know the dream from the last place we were or the last thing that we were doing and then we don't open up to to what's possible next you know and I always I love gratitude it's like I'm thankful for the lessons even if they were not so wonderful but I'm thankful for the lessons that I've learned in this relationship in this job with this house whatever it is and I'm ready and ready to open up to something new, and so it's a matter of letting go, letting go of you know what's been, but that does take a little bit of uh, shifting your your belief system, and and also I think I think sometimes we do, you know we do buy into what other people t- people tell us um, instead of kind of digging deep into what we know about ourselves that we can change every moment. I think um, people hold on to past relationships kind of the same way they hold on to past jobs. They, you know, you you start out, and I know uh, in talking with my daughter recently, uh, I got married when I was a teenager the first time. And no one in their right mind should ever do that. And I was not in my right mind. So people listening, don't do that. Don't allow your kids to do it. Don't allow anybody to do that. It's a horrible idea. But still... When you go into any kind of a relationship, particularly a marriage where, you know, you have kids involved and you, you have these dreams of this, you know, this life you want to build with this other person, and then when it falls apart, and he was incredibly abusive on top of all of that, um, I still, even talking with my daughter last night, I found myself saying, well, you know, if he had gotten help sooner, things would have been different. And I had to stop myself and go, wow, where did that come from? 
because we do kind of revisit those those things, whether it's a job or a relationship or, or whatever it is. You always kind of circle back around through life when you're ready to go a little bit deeper with that lesson, I think. You you go back to it. And uh, I had to really stop and go, wow, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, but we do. We hold on to people, too. Don't we, don't we Lisa? <laughs> we, uh, you know, anyone that's had past relationships, it's kind of hard, especially when you have kids with them. It's kind of yeah. hard to really give up that, wow, I had such dreams with you. So how can people do that? How, how do we move them forward and let go of either a relationship or a job? I know, Lisa, you have a really great relationship for the most part with your your previous, your, your kids. I think he's, he's your daughter's father, your, your son's father. Yes. I yeah, and how, how do you do that? <laughs> how, no, how do you do that, though? How do you no, get to that point? It was a lot of work. Point? It was a lot of work. Um, it was a lot of accepting the situation. And not only that, to not look at the situation, the bad outcome of the situation as defeat. I wasn't defeated. Um, you know, when you go through a breakup, for example, you're looking at all of these things that were supposed to be. And so you come right. from a place of defeat and failure. And I really had to work on accepting, just accepting the situation for what it was and to train my mind that neither one of us were more at fault than the other, um, that it, it happened and that the situation now allowed me a better situation. However, I didn't on that <laughs> for a very long time was finding a better situation because it, it took a while for me to really repair myself, to really go through the process of this is what it is. And, you know, you, people look all the time, oh, well, I have a wonderful kid. You know, I wouldn't have my daughter had it not been for this that or the other, and, you know, for me, I was like, well, I still would have had my daughter just in different timing, you know. Um, right. It was really, it was work. It, it was work to forgive. It was work to, I guess, just allow him in, in that sense, because there had already been so many things that were broken, um, <laughs> But I didn't have to go back to the relationship. So I could, those things that were broken didn't quite matter with trying to have a copacetic relationship with him for my child's sake. Right. I, I think a really a strong lot answer. Of... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think. It is. It's so much work, and I think what we have to realize is that, you know, everything changes. And when we're going through whatever it is that we're going through that, that is changing, it's not changing because we failed. It's changing because it's time for it to change. And I, I know, Jody, you've probably done a lot of work with people who feel that sense of, failure and it, it gets deep into your subconscious and it gets deep into your soul sometimes. 
How do we not feel like a failure? Right. I think, um, you know, even doing a lot of forgiveness of the other person, ultimately the hard work, I think, is forgiving ourselves because we we are hardest on ourselves. And it's like... You know, I I once took a um, a transitions class with a, a Sufi master, and it was fabulous. And one of the things that we did in that in that class to kind of help during the transition was using symbols, finding symbols out in nature, and in particular, or wherever whatever resonates with you with you. But we did nature and 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 helping to release that way and. We would find three different things, a rock, a feather, whatever, a leaf, whatever resonated with you. And then we would put our energy into, the say, the first symbol um, had to do with, with the past. And it gave you a, a place to kind of release the past. You could sing, you could do a, you know, a poem. However, everybody has their own way of releasing and so we did that with the first one. And the second one I thought was really interesting, and that was finding a symbol um, to release the dream that didn't happen. And, and that's where uh-huh. I, think we get, I think we get stuck in that place of the dream that didn't happen. Um, somebody dies, uh, you move, you know, things often beyond our control, and then we have to deal with it, and, and we stay in that kind of unforgiving, angry place with ourselves. But it's just a matter of shifting the dream. It's a different dream, but that was a forum or or a way to kind of release the dream that that we had hoped for. You know, a lot of times when we get married, we just play it out. In our mind, we're already to the very end, and we play it out. Right. And that's. And that's the dream. That, but sometimes it doesn't happen, and so we need to forgive. And that's a way to, the way that um, I found really helpful to just kind of throw my energy into, okay, I'm just going to release it, release the dream. And then, and then of course, the last one is, is my new dream, me now, you know, this moment. What, do I, what is, you know, being receptive, this is what's coming up next. So this is where I am now. So you start, you know, kind of fresh. And uh, I guess the biggest thing, too, that I learned in that class, and that was a fabulous class, I went because I had a tar- hard time with with my role change because my, my son was graduating. And my daughter was pretty close after that. And I had a hard time letting go of the mom role because I was so good at it and I loved it. But it was different. And one of the people in the class said, you know, I liken it to a, to a painting. And I have put you know, everything into the painting I can possibly put on it, it's perfect. And I want to admire it, and I love it, but I can't add to it. I can't take away from it. All I can do is take the painting, put it on my wall, and bring up a new canvas because this is where I'm starting now. And I love that description. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Though so I, I can tell you when you have grandkids you you start over with that mom role oh good well i'm still waiting for that change (laughs) (laughs) i'm hopeful (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i love that the symbols in in nature now what did you do with with them when you're you're finding the symbols 
with the symbol, I just kind of, you know, everybody had their own little ritual. I know the per, one of the, I was with two other people, and um, I think it really depends on you. One of them was very much um, resonated with the ocean, and so she went out and imagined releasing the dream into the waves. And um, one of them liked, was very social, and she, she made it a, she wrote a letter out of, uh, you know, explaining this was, this was a dream, this is what I'm letting go of. And she invited a bunch of friends to sit there as she wrote the letter and then burned it up and, and blessed, blessed the, the intention or blessed the, you know, letting go into the heavens. So it just really depends on how it resonates with you. Uh, what did I do? I did it very privately. And I just really um, imagined it was my space. You know, this is my sacred space to be able to really work on being in the moment, pretty much. That's I, that's really really good. I, I really I really like that. Um, that's that's a the great thing. I know, um, and this probably this probably kind of ties in with what Lisa and I were talking about last week. But I know um, there is a, a group of women that I used to uh, do different releasing rituals with in the Bay Area when I lived there. And one of the things that they would do, literally, there were three of them, and, and they would start a bonfire and they would dance naked around the bonfire, and that was their releasing ceremony, and they would throw um, whatever it was, either they had written something they would throw in the fire or they would have something they would throw in the fire, whether it was a, a stick or a rock or something that they put, this is my disappointment, this is what I am letting go of, this is my pain, uh, infuse it into that, that item and then toss it into the, the fire. And I always thought that was kind of a really interesting thing and it was combining their release with freedom from dancing naked around a bonfire and that was their very 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 deeply deeply spiritual ritual that they would do so i think whatever resonates you know listeners whatever resonates with you is a great thing i've always kind of been drawn to the ocean as well and it's really funny because I live in Arizona, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was big about throwing rocks into the ocean. You know, <laughs> that was what I would do. Um, but I think, I, I think everyone has something different. Lisa, you've recently started working out in the gym. Do you find that to be a release? Because I think that's a release for a lot of people too. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It is not. Um, I don't go to the gym to use it for an endorphin okay. boost or to, to release stress. I totally use it to reshape my body. I want to uh, look a certain okay. way, and that is exactly why I am there. <laughs> I wanted to interject, though. I, I When um, Jody was talking, presence came into mind, not presence like under a Christmas tree, being <laughs> present in where you are now, yes, absolutely. Um, I'll give you my address later if you want to send me some. <laughs> being, <laughs> being present in your now. You know, Jody mentioned everybody's right. looking towards like the end. Like we're we're living our life like we've already made it to the end. And you can't view the picture. And I love the whole hanging the painting on the wall, but you can't view the picture if it hasn't been created yet. So where you are right now right. is still painting that big picture. And you have to pull yourself back to your now, kind of keeping 
that that future, like in the peripheral vision, you know, while you're working on where you are right now. And and that was something that came up, that came to me when when Jody was talking about how we're living our life. So I just wanted to kind of consolidate that to being present where you are right now. That's a really good point because we do tend to either live our lives regretting the past or dreading the future. <laughs> so a lot of people do. So, yeah, that's a really good point to be present. Um, one of the things that um, I, I was a very spacey child, and my grandmother was was incredibly wise, and she would recognize when I was starting to kind of space out and, and go wherever it was that I went when I was a kid. And she would put her hand on top of my head and say, now jump. And I couldn't because her hand was holding my head. But um, that was her way of grounding me and bringing me back to the present moment because I was always, you know, one of the, the things that I would do is I would get stressed and I would zone out and find myself at the top of a tree. And I would be, you know, sitting in a classroom supposed to be paying attention. That was my escape. But, uh, yeah, you have to learn to stay present. Uh, Some of us have a really difficult time doing that because our minds are so chaotic and we're 15 different places at the same time. Raising her hand here. (laughs) (laughs) And I often tell my clients, you can heal yourself from the corner of the room. You do not have to necessarily, you know, sometimes you have so much pain in your body about change that um, that you do kind of zone out, you kind of go up. And I'm like, you know, okay, so you feel your spirit up here or in this place. Stop where you are in that place and look back at your body and ask for healing between where you are in spirit and where your body is and then bring yourself back in and feel yourself coming in in that moment, in that now, so you're very present and uh, it, it's very powerful because you feel like you, you know, you know then you have some control over actually being in your body of, of experiencing the now, even if there's pain. And I think that's a lot of times why people um, go out into the, into the future is because, you know, this isn't so fun right now, so let's just skip it. Right. <laughs> let's just skip it and go into the future. But, but there's a lot of healing well, think- to be done in that way. Yes. Yes, there is. And I, I think a lot of people are in pain and they maybe don't identify it as being in pain. Right. Uh, I've, I've talked to, to several people who you, I can see because I see energies. I can see they're in pain. I can see where it is. I can see what happened. And they're, oh, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. I don't have any pain. So <laughs> how, how do we resolve that? Because I know um, a lot of people experience that. It's like they're not in their body enough to realize they're in pain. Right. Right. I, I know that happens a lot with anger as well, where I'll be doing a soul reading, you know, you know, you have a lot of anger, and it's like, no, I don't. And then when you really <laughs> when you really dig down into it, it's like, oh, yeah, I, can, I guess I do have that. You know, I think that's hard for us sometimes to really uh, sit with, you know, what we're experiencing. You know, I like to tune into the body and just imagine a, you know, a chalkboard or a whatever it is in front of my screen and say, um, you know, what's one word for how my body's feeling right now and really pay attention, really listen and, and just, you know, 
hear what's going on with you. Tune in. I mean, the easiest thing, I think, for the now, and Lisa was talking about the la- the now, it's so easy. Easy, pat your legs. It's like what your grandmother did. I think that's that was fabulous. But yeah, and, you, and a lot of times it's as easy as just patting your legs and saying the date. And sometimes, you know, it was interesting. I had someone do that the other day, and they said, well, it's May, whatever. And that really does tell you. <laughs> You know, wait right. a minute, I'm in the past here. It, wait a minute. It, it, I'm it's <laughs> August, guys. <laughs> for, for listeners who are going to listen to this in the future, yeah, it's August right now. <laughs> exactly, and that's what the that's what body, bodies operate the best here. You know, we did a lot of floating around in, 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 uh, in past times or whatever and even now, but, yeah, um, just identifying it, just being in your body, just <laughs> just noting you know the moment i um i do an exercise in in my soul readings for present time where i have people um, get a get a chocolate or a piece of chocolate and sit with the chocolate because most people like chocolate <laughs> sit with it and imagine that they're eating the chocolate in last week and then imagine that they're eating the chocolate in next week and then imagine they're eating the chocolate right now and if you really tune into it, it will definitely taste different to you. It's really amazing. Interesting. That's really interesting. I have I've never I wouldn't have ever thought of doing that, but I would have never even thought that it would be different. Huh. Because the body really tastes it in the now. Right, right. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I just that's not something I would have I would have yeah. thought of. That's very interesting. I, I always learn something. <laughs> <laughs> and anything that involves chocolate, you know, I mean. Oh, hey, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say take, eat a piece of apple or something in between and give yourself a little time. But, but it is interesting to, you know, that whole concept of, of fear about change or fear of the future. I know um, I've had a lot of really very bizarre dental experiences. So when I even think, oh, I've got this appointment coming up, you know what's going to happen now, and I'm out, I'm out in the future with it. But I'm when I'm right there in the dentist in the chair, it's not so bad because I'm I'm in that moment, and it's a whole different uh, feeling. Right. You kind of touched on something there. Um, we kind of we we do train ourselves to expect certain things, mm-hmm. and you know many of us. I'm, I'm raising my hand now, Lisa. Um, have kind of a warped uh-huh. sense of humor. <laughs> We're kind of um, very sarcastic, and you know, I my my horse and my cat conspired to try to kill me not too long ago, and I have a torn rotator cuff that is still healing. And my thought, because of my warped sense of humor, is, oh gee, I can't wait to see what the dog comes up with. You know, this is going to be good. And somebody stopped me, and I thought it was funny. And somebody stopped me and said, no, don't put that out to the universe. That means you're expecting something else to happen. So stop Uh, that. So what do you think about that? Because we do kind of program ourselves to expect things. But in my mind, being sarcastic isn't really expecting that to happen. That's just kind of making a joke out of what has just happened. Right, that's so a coping. Think, that's where we're coping. Yeah, the, the that's humor. like it hurts. Stop. <laughs> 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 
Lisa, do you do you have any uh, any thoughts on this one? I don't know because you know I get the whole you're putting it out to the universe, but it's not something that you're like really obsessing over or continually thinking about. Right. So I'm not sure that it would bring back the negative or exactly you know whatever your sarcasm was. But if you know, I've heard <laughs> that sarcasm, it's a coping mechanism. And um, I've heard, I I don't know where I heard it, and I'm not even sure if I read it. So forgive me for not knowing the details, but you know that is a coping mechanism and that it's actually um, not, it's not good to use (laughs) sarcasm. And I know you had somebody on your show, your actual show, Kelly, who uses some sort of like twisted humor to right, right. People understand the enlightenment journey, and you know he's received a lot of grief for that. And and so I, yeah. I don't know because I kind of like sarcasm, you know. <laughs> I'm not as sarcastic yeah. as I used to be, but I like it. I I, I like that warped sense of humor stuff. And so I don't know. Well, I think when you're using it as a coping mechanism, I was in a really serious car accident years ago. And I had broken my leg and some ribs and a bunch of other stuff. And at that time, I was heavier than I am now. And when the ambulance, when the the um, paramedics came and, and put me on the gurney, I was joking with them. I'm like, well, you know, if I'd known this was going to happen, I would have lost 20 pounds. And they were just, they were just laughing in the ambulance all the way to the emergency room. And to me, it made my pain less if I could laugh at it. It was like, okay, this happened. It's not the worst thing in the world. Let's make a joke about it. And that's always been my coping mechanism. I've dealt with a lot of pain in my life, and that's always how I've dealt with it. But, um, yeah, I I have very very mixed feelings about sarcasm because I can see where I, I can see the point that they're making when they're saying sarcasm is really a negative thing. But I can also know from my own experience how it has helped me cope. So I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. I think it's just, I'm a you know. Oh, go ahead, Judy. <laughs> go ahead. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. What did you say? I, did, I couldn't well, hear you because I, I was... I'm a nervous laugher, and I love humor. My grandmother died, and it was so tense in that room. Oh, my God, like, you, I couldn't breathe. It was just so <laughs> overwhelming and emotional. And so I was standing by her casket, and I started laughing. And my family, this is when the family, you know, the final viewing before they shut the casket and go to the, the graveside. And I started laughing, and my family's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I said, I just thought of Mumum. We called her Mumum sitting up in heaven with Pop-Up, and now poor Pop-Up isn't getting any, he, he's not in peace anymore, because Grandma's up there <laughs> nagging him. I tell you, she's up there <laughs> nagging him right now. Wait it! And everybody died laughing from that. And that was just, that's what I do, you know, and I'm a nervous laugher, and I love humor. I, it's one of my most favorite parts of being human is that we have this ability to see things and not let it just burden us and just to release through laughter. There's laughter yoga. You can do laughter yoga. I mean, you know, so 
I don't know. I'm mixed on that. Jody, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, again, it's really it's really personal. I think humor, I, I really believe that comedians are the healers of the world because it changes yeah. your perspective. And it, and it also gives you um, hope and, and gives you um, – you know, it's really the different perspective, and I, that's me too. I'm so um, have such a sick sense of humor, and and you know, I kind of like the Irish wakes where you where you just yeah. you know you tell stories, and I imagine you know the spirit of the person is right there laughing with you, and it and yep. uh, you know it just gives you that a whole different experience, and that's the healing. That's the healing of of humor and whether it's sarcastic humor or whatever way that you need to help heal it moves you through it quicker it is what i what i noticed with humor and i'm kind of the, the same way it's um you know <laughs> just help you get through it pretty much and and uh, it's a cha- it changes your your perspective it it brings you out of uh, the heaviness of the emotion, and it gives you um, just a different way of, of viewing things so that you can uh, create, you know, easier. I think it's easier to create when you're in that um, more humorous mode than it is to be down into the heaviness of the, you know, of the pain or of the, you know, of the angst. You know, and it acknowledges, yeah, I'm in pain, but, <laughs> you know, there's more than this. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I've gone through so much pain in my life that, you know, now it's kind of, I it, it's not like I'm completely immune to it, but I have a very high threshold for pain. <laughs> and it, it kind of amazes people sometimes, you know, with my shoulder injury. I went in um, a couple of weeks ago, went back to my doctor for a follow-up and they did another MRI and it's healing fine and it's going to take a while and and uh, I'm he say okay well what are you doing and I'm telling him all the things I'm doing because you know I live in an area where there is a lot of outdoor physical activity I have fruit trees to prune I have fruit to pick I have you know hay that I move around 200 pound bales and and these kinds of things and he says wait a minute you moved a bale of hay? I said, no, I moved four bales of hay. And <laughs> how can you do that with your shoulder? No wonder it's taking so long to heal. But to me, it's like, oh, I guess it hurt, but I really didn't. I was focused on, okay, this stack of hay needs to be over there. I'm the person here. I'm the person who's going to do this. And I didn't let the pain stop me. I just pushed through it. And, in fact, I really didn't even notice it. But, right. um, yeah, it, it's interesting how people and near-death experiences, I don't know if you guys know Robert Trembley at all, but um, he's a friend of mine in Phoenix, and he's had, he and I have talked about near-death experiences. And the fear goes away. I, mean, I had one myself. The fear goes away, and you're left with this complete bliss and love, and there is just nothing like it. And I remember arguing with them. I'm not going back to that body. That body hurts. I don't want that body. What do you mean I have to go back? And he's the only other person I've ever met with a near-death experience that said that same thing. He's like, no, I'm arguing. No, that one's broken. I don't want to go back to that. And, so, and, and I think that's, that's where that sixth sense of humor plays, too. It's 
it's kind of like, um, no, I'm not doing that. No. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me how, how humor helps us. I, I agree with you, and I, I actually have had a similar experience, a near-death experience. Although I was so young, I don't – I actually went and had – uh, regression and went back to that to that point because I was only about a year old. But I had the had the same sense, you know, of of you know this is so amazing. Why would you go back? And then it's like right. you know that that there are things that you are meant to do here, and that's why. Although I think in some ways it it, it was like flipping a switch on. Um, it, it was change. It was transition. It's like okay, yeah. this isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, maybe I'll just check out and come back, and I and it it was a change, and I came back in with a whole different attitude. But but yes. I think you're right. When you have that experience, where you where you know you know there's so much more than this, and that this is just a momentary you know thing in your whole um, soul's transition, uh, it, it makes it a little easier, I think, to to get through it because, and laughing is just a great way to do it. I think I I did that. I had. Um, a really extensive surgery on my face, pretty much making me like a Picasso. <laughs> no left eyebrow and everything shoved over. It's always interesting for Reiki and massage folks because they can. It's like, oh, your your left side of your face is over by your ear, and let's move it back. The energy is really interesting. <laughs> but every day I posted, you know, to deal with it, I posted a picture, and it's like having the humor of it. Oh, you should have seen the other guy, and then it had some really amazing bruising, and it's like. Wow, well, yeah, I'm an autumn and brown and yellow look really good on me. So, but it helped me cope. It helped me have right. have that different perspective that, you know, you can, you know, you can heal through pain and you can do it miserably or you can do it with fun and I chose to do it with fun. Right. And I think that goes back to what we were talking earlier, any change in your life if you can look at it and find some humor no matter what you're going through, you'll get through it a lot quicker and a lot easier, I think. Um, people spend far too much time dwelling on what could go wrong rather than thinking about what can go right. And I, I think humor kind of helps us figure out what's going right. At least it does for me. Because Well, I find everything funny, and I laugh at things that most people don't laugh at, kind of like... Lisa at her grandmother's funeral. You know, I'm just, I'm an inappropriate laugher. <laughs> I think there was wasn't there. A, I can't remember if it was Mary Tyler Moore. One of the old comedies that where they where they were laughing at the funeral because they've been so serious the whole time, and then and then they get to the funeral and it just struck them as funny, and they started laughing, and then everybody's looking at them. But it it I think when you can find the humor, you've worked through, and you're to that next level. And so I think I agree. You you kind of move through it so much faster. It's, it's such a healing. I I mean, when I would have, uh, and I've mentioned this on my show before, but you know, my I think I have anyway. But early on in my marriage, and I was I was like uh, I was like you, Kelly. I got married at nineteen. You know, as my son said, what were you thinking? But <laughs> well, there was but no I would go to involved. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, if there was thinking involved, you probably wouldn't be here. So, But right. I, whenever we would have a tough time, I would go to a movie, and it would be a comedy. And I would go by myself, and I would sit, and I would laugh at the movie. And by the time I got out, after two hours 
of being at a comedy, my whole perspective was changed. Life was different. It's like I, I, I moved beyond that moment. And then I would come home and, and just kind of work through whatever was going on with that different perspective, not so heavy in that moment. It was really interesting because I'm sure my husband always, I know he called my mom and he looked around, never knew where I, what I did, where I went <laughs> for, the, for those couple hours. But, boy, it, it, it really got me through. And uh, for me, that, uh, you know, humor is such a coping mechanism, such a huge part of uh, healing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, no matter what you're healing from, whether it's a, an emotional hurt or um, a physical or, or something else that really is very healing. So what do you think, Lisa? What else do you want to cover today? Well, no, I just I would rather be happy than grumpy. There's a, a negative. Well, yeah. you know, I've been in those places so many times where, uh, you know, it was more fun to be you know, funny or to look at things from a comedic perspective, even if things weren't going any better than it would be to come from a negative space. And so I worked very hard on laughing at lots of things at the gym. I posted on Facebook. I don't even remember what happened. But we're sitting there and something was said and I just died laughing. Oh, I know what it was. I was doing shoulder shrugs with a bar attached to a machine, and I kept hitting my butt with the bar. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> it was like I was getting groped by this bar, and we made we laugh. And people were looking at us like, why are you laughing? This is a serious place. We need to focus and concentrate. I don't get that. I get the whole focus and concentrate. But, yeah, it was just fun. And, and if you can't have fun, then... Right. Why are right. you here? Well, <laughs> plus, you know, laughter burns calories. So you could tell them you're adding to your work, your workout. You're doing. You've heard of laughter yoga. You're doing laughter shoulder shrugs. It's a new thing. You know, starting. <laughs> it tightens your tummy muscles. Laughter helps your tummy muscles. So yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah. So well, you know when you hurt. When you're like, oh my god, if I laugh anymore, I think my rib cage is going to explode. It's because of all those muscles that you're working from laughing. So, yeah, I, I chose to come from a place of happiness as opposed to. Now, I'm not saying that I'm walking around with like sunshine and roses all of the time. I'm not saying that. But you know, there are days where I'm just kind of here. I'm not eat. I'm not more positive than negative, or more negative than positive. I'm kind of in the middle. But I tend to find that um, I look for things that are funny. I, I almost walked into a pole the other day, and I just had to die laughing at myself. You know, it's, it's, Did you say like excuse that. me? <laughs> no, I didn't say excuse me. But the person that I was walking with, it was, it was funny. Yeah, no, it was I probably did say excuse me because I tend to say that a lot. I don't remember. I just yeah, I just choose to come from a place of, of funny. So and I'm not a comedian and I'm not funny, but you Yes know, you I, are. I do, everyone You're, you're very <laughs> funny. Thank you. Every once in a while I can throw out some gold, so it's like yay. Now that's just I I I chose to be different. I chose to not 
let the past trap me in negative. Mm-hmm. I released myself from yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. My, my daughter now has a full comedy routine that she does, uh, well, for her friends. She, we haven't gotten her to go up on a stage yet, but when she was <laughs> very, very young, her abusive father would put her on top of the refrigerator when he didn't want to watch her. So I would come home and have my one-year-old sitting on top of a refrigerator. And now it's an entire comedy routine for her. And I know that's her coping mechanism. And she's like, yeah, I was sitting up there. I was fine. That's where the cereal was. I was chilling, you know. But um, it's, it's awesome how laughter really does help us cope through many, many, many things. Yeah, I have. I actually have a friend from from high school in the Midwest who had her elderly mom uh, living with her, and some of the the situations, you know, in one I know that she got locked out. Her mom accidentally locked her out, and then she got in her car and she came back and she's knocking on the door and. It's like, you know, let me in. And the mom's like, who who are you? And it's like, you know, well, I'm your, who are you? And then that, that went on. And she actually is doing stand-up now because she found, she found the humor in some of the, instead of just getting really annoyed with her situation, it was so funny for right. her. You know, some of the things like, you know, her mom catching her, her um, the scooter in the mall and taking out a whole line of clothes with her down the hallway, <laughs> those kinds of things. But she she started telling the stories and they were so fun that she actually does, uh, you know, a routine now, a, a, a stand up, and uh, you know everybody can relate to you know the different things that uh, people go through, especially as you get older. You know, the body kind of has a mind of its own, and that's always kind of interesting too. But. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of funny. I know there were, um, I think it was Whoopi Goldberg was talking about finding gray hairs when you got older, and and uh, <laughs> someone looked at her and said, I don't see any gray hairs on your head. And she goes, that's not where they are. And that was, you know, how she started her whole routine. <laughs> and it was just funny. Her whole thing was about getting older, and you can't move the way you used to, and your mind doesn't quite work the way it used to. So. <laughs> Yeah, humor, I think, is critical to keep as you're growing more more experienced, you know, more, more refined, like a fine wine. Yes. <laughs> a fine wine, and you wine, and, and that's fine, too. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um, Laughter is is really important. One thing that I wanna I wanna make here as we're winding down the show is when we we were talking about change and we're talking about different things, it's important to realize you're an individual. You are unique. You you're not just like anyone else. So when you see someone else doing things that maybe you want to do as well. Um, one of the things that I've seen happen with people is you get that jealousy and you get that uh, frustration and you get disappointed with yourself and you get angry with the other person for succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, realize you're on your own path. Don't compare yourself with other people. I know there's there's a, a group right now uh, in social media where um, I have a publishing company. I've had my publishing company for years, but there's a group of people who are doing books 
and I reached out to them and said, yay, good job. You know, I know how much work that takes. And I received a very rude email in reply. (laughs) So realize that just because someone else succeeds in the changes they're making doesn't mean you're not succeeding in the changes you're making. Because like Jody said earlier, those changes happen internally first. You have to grow into the person who can make those changes. And that's different for everyone. It takes different amounts of time for everyone. So if you look at it with humor, I think, you know, it'll be a lot easier. I just, that's just something I have noticed recently and experienced recently. So I wanted to throw that out there. There is no one size fits all. So closing thoughts, guys. No Choose one? happiness? Everyone? Choose happiness. <laughs> Choose happiness. Choose happiness. Yeah. Yeah, and whatever, whatever cope, whatever coping mechanism helps you to work through change. But, but really, from my perspective, it's kind of really assessing and being in your body and and letting yourself just acknowledge that you know this is a tough time, but there is hope, and that um, you know, as spirit, you're already doing it, so you may as well just let your body get into it and work through it. I think that's a tough thing for people to realize a lot of the time that it does start internally, but mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to grow into your changes, I think. Yeah. So that is where we're going to leave it. I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jody, for, for coming on the show. And uh, Lisa, you know, thank you always. You're You're always awesome. So um, that's our show, guys. Whatever you want to call it, whatever title you would like to attribute to this show, <laughs> that is the deal. This is the name your own show show. <laughs> Change through laughter. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.